Our world is becoming ever more interconnected as communities become more diverse and the internet allows us to discover more about the world around us. When we seek to learn and understand the differences between our culture and others, we can develop an appreciation and love for them. As we teach our children about new countries and cultures from around the globe, we are also teaching them to have compassion, respect, and empathy. Hi, I'm your host, Jade Jones, mom to four children who I want to be compassionate world explorers. Join me as we discuss cultural awareness and world diversity and learn how families families teach their children to explore and embrace the world, its people, and their differences with a compassionate heart and open mind. Hi everybody, welcome to this episode. I really wanted to set the foundation for everything going forward and to talk about what in the world is culture. What does that all encompass? Like, what does that word mean? I think it's something that we use, but we don't always necessarily understand what that might actually mean. So, This is where I wanted to start. What is culture? So culture is generally defined as a set of behaviors, dress, food, language, values, and traditions that are shared by a specific group of people. We usually think of like religious groups, country groups, social groups, but I think there's a lot of different cultures that we interact with on a daily basis. There are an endless variety of cultures that each have their own distinct beliefs, traditions, and values, and often these include certain clothing styles or colors, specific languages, phrases, or possibly acronyms. Some of these cultures we interact with might include religion, race, ethnicity, community, sports, profession, country, education, and our even family culture. There is a fantastic book that I was recommended to recently called Third Culture Kids. That is a term that has been applied to children who are living outside of their parents' home culture. That's how that term was initially defined. They, they're broadening the way that term is applied because they're finding that more kids are experiencing the same kind of challenges that children experience who are growing up outside of their parents' home cultures, but for children who have never left, who are living in the same city that their parents perhaps grew up in. And there's a multitude of reasons why they might be feeling like they're living in a culture outside of their own home culture. Fantastic book. So grateful to have gotten a chance to dive deep into it. So a lot of the things in this episode are pulling from that book. So I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. And so... So culture is not an inherent trait that we are born with. It's something that we learn. We learn it through experience and we are taught it by those who are familiar with the cultural traditions. So we learn culture from our grandparents, from our parents, even from our friends and our peers at school. We pass on culture from one generation to the next. To me, this is also why cultural norms can change as the values and beliefs change from one generation to the next. If you have ever watched Fiddler on the Roof, this is something that Tevye laments. And he talks about traditions. He says, Because of our traditions, we have kept our balance for many, many years. Here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything. How to eat, how to sleep, how to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition start? I'll tell you, I don't know. But it's a tradition. Because of our traditions, everyone knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Without our traditions, our lives would be as shaky as as a fiddler on the roof. I think that is such a continually apt analogy of culture, traditions, that it very much does define what we know and what we expect. And what others know about us and what others expect us to do. 
In the book Third Culture Kids, the author refers to anthropologist Gary Weaver's analogy of culture being like an iceberg. There are two parts of the iceberg, that which is easily visible above the water, and then that part that is hidden beneath the water, and it's a large part. The part of the iceberg above the water is the surface culture, the parts of culture that we can see or hear. This includes the clothes we wear, the language we speak, and the behaviors and customs we have, you know, in the way we greet each other. The part beneath the surface is what Weaver terms as deep culture. This invisible culture includes our beliefs, values, and how we view the world around us. The visible culture is what we use to help us know what the invisible culture will be. However, as our visible culture changes to be more homogenous, it can be more difficult to discern what that hidden culture actually is. We are no longer as easily distinguished by the clothing we wear or the languages we speak. We may make assumptions about another person and their understanding of what we believe to be a shared culture when that is actually not the case. That is something that we run into here as my children and I are learning more Dutch. We may greet somebody in Dutch and then they immediately launch into a long speech in Dutch. My Dutch is not good enough to follow anything that is fast or long. My my Dutch is about at a preschool level. And so just because I may dress the same or I may look the same doesn't mean that I understand everything that's going on. And so I know that I do silly things that the Dutch are confused about and it's because I... I've still not figured out all the things that I should. So what are some examples of culture? How about the way we communicate? In talking with our Chinese friends that live here, they have shared how they have struggled a bit in talking with the Dutch. In Chinese culture, you do what is, we in America have the phrase, beat about the bush. But the Dutch are extremely direct. And so our Chinese friends have often struggled in being able to articulate what they want or need because they are not used to stating it outright. And then they have struggled with feeling that their needs are not met because the Dutch aren't understanding their kind of roundabout way of trying to ask for what they need. However, my friends from the UK have shared how they feel the Dutch are not direct, but blunt, and sometimes to the point of being considered rude, and that's something that they have really struggled with. So that's been a very interesting thing to see how different different cultures will understand a different culture. Even something as simple as the way you name your children is cultural. In Hawaiian culture, we believe that the names you give your children are what they will become. If you name your child Whirlwind, they will be a whirlwind. Just ask my parents. My brother was given the name Kamakani because my mother delivered him so fast the doctor didn't even have time to gown up. And then he was an epic terror as a child getting into everything. At one point, even dragging a table, chairs, bike, and numerous other things onto the roof of our deck, which was a feat. It was not easy to get up there. So you want to be careful with what you name your children. And my husband and I really labored over it. I certainly didn't want to give my child the name for mountain in Hawaiian, because although you could think of it as steadfast, which is what my husband thought of it, I immediately thought of it as stubborn. We instead gave him the name Hokopa'a, which means steadfast star, and is the name for the North Star. And if you are wondering, yes, he is still a bit stubborn, but I'm hoping he will also be a guiding light for others someday. While living here, we've learned that in Ghana, families will give children a name, but they also have a home name, one that is based on the day of the week they were born. If multiple children are born on the same day, don't worry, there is a bank of names to choose from for that given day. In Hong Kong, they have a given name, They also will have often a westernized name, and then they generally call in everyday family life a child by their position in the family instead of their given name, so oldest daughter or youngest daughter. In Iceland, they don't have a family name or a last name like Jones or Smith. Instead, they are called their father's son or daughter, so their name would be Anna, 
daughter of John, and that is their given name. All very different ideologies behind naming. None of them are wrong, just different. Although the different conventions can make immigrating to another country interesting, as my friends from Iceland have explained to us. So why does understanding culture matter? We all belong to a variety of cultures that shape who we are, how we think, feel, and act, how we make decisions and treat others. For example, some of the cultures that I could think of for me include my Hawaiian culture, my religious culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Californian culture, even more specifically Southern California culture, which is different from Northern California culture. We also have the influence of military and law enforcement culture from my husband's work. Blogging is its own culture, and even more specifically, food blogging. And now we've added this expat culture. It is so easy to look at the way another culture does something, especially from the outside, and judge it based on our own perceptions that are cultivated by the standards of our culture. What may seem odd or wrong to us is normal to others, and the same is true for the reverse. I am the oldest of four, and also the mother of four children, as I mentioned in the intro episode. And although our family is bigger than the average American family, I never really thought too much about it. Plenty of smaller families drove vans or SUVs, and we knew plenty of families who were the same size as ours or bigger. I also knew that Europeans had smaller families, but never thought much about that and why that was. I certainly never considered how practical that was for life in Europe until we moved here. The most readily available vehicles are five-seaters, and finding a home with more than three bedrooms can be difficult, especially if you cannot afford to buy. And navigating public transportation is a bit more stressful trying to make sure you've gotten all four kids off before the doors close. We have almost had a child left behind. One thing we tell our children when they see something done differently and comment that it is weird is that there are many right ways to do something. Just because someone does it differently than us doesn't mean it's wrong now. I will clarify that there do exist cultural norms that are also inherently wrong. Abuse, discrimination, and racism may be expected or allowed, but that should in no way indicate them as being correct. When I say that there are many different ways that something can be done correctly, I'm talking, for example, the way we name our children, about the way we dress, how we show respect, or the foods we choose to eat. Cultural norms are also a fluid concept, constantly shifting with the change in beliefs and values of each generation. We want to keep a hold on those traditions that are positive while shedding the negative ones, like abuse, discrimination, and racism. As we are learning about how others live, we can do so with an open mind. We can learn and grow as we learn about others, and perhaps discover new ways that can also work for us. Being open to new ideas, I feel, is an essential part of this learning process. Living here in the Netherlands has really challenged some of my concepts about what is easy and what is hard. Before, it always seemed like such a trial to like pack my kids up, to get them in the car, to then go maybe even to the park sometimes. Now, we are having to load up children to get to school. We have to leave an hour before school starts because my children currently have to take the bus to get to the metro, to get to a tram, to then either have to walk or take another tram to get to school. Simple things like going to the park seem really easy now because we have a park really close by and I can just walk downstairs and walk to the corner where we have a playground. We've also gotten a lot more used to biking and walking everywhere. And so that's something that I have actually really enjoyed. It was always kind of hard to convince my children that we could do it, even just walking to a park that was maybe a mile away. Now a mile is pretty standard a distance for us, and we often walk five to six miles in a day. And so those 
new cultural traditions that are very common here in the Netherlands and in Europe have helped shift, I think, things that will be a more permanent change for us, that we'll be far more willing to walk places, bike places, and maybe complain just a little bit less about trying to get somewhere when we will forever remember the hour-long trip each way to get to school. So, as you are listening to this podcast, I hope you can do so with an open heart and an open mind. Listen first to learn without placing your own judgments on what is being said or what you may or may not agree with. We all have biases, and to overcome them requires showing others the love and respect we would want in return. Instead, listen and see if you share any similar viewpoints or commonalities with what is being shared. Perhaps you have similar feelings about the importance of family or an experience that closely aligns with someone else's. These are the moments that draw us together and help us grow to love one another. I have been so grateful for the many interviews I've already done recording this podcast and the recognition of my own biases and beliefs. I am not perfect, just as none of us are. There is always room to grow and improve, and that is my hope for us all. So... I hope that you will enjoy these episodes, enjoy these interviews, and that you can really help to expand your family circle, to be willing to reach out more and to get to know others that are different from you. As I have learned more about those who come from all over the world, who are from different religions, different countries, speaking different languages, I have to say that I have grown to love even more the challenges that we all universally face and that... I have recognized so much the fun moments where it's a shared understanding of what it is to be a mother, of a child throwing a tantrum in a street, and a muzzle mom and I catching an eye, and you see the solidarity in that moment of like, hang in there mom, you're gonna be okay. And that is an awesome thing that I recognize that I'm experiencing currently. And so I hope that you can have similar moments throughout this podcast, that you can have these aha moments of, hey, I really identify with that, and that's a really cool thing. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review or screenshot your podcast player and share with a friend or on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram stories at Johnson for Taste. Don't miss out on an episode by subscribing to the podcast and signing up for my free introductory guide to teaching kids about other cultures. You can sign up for email reminders, get the guide, and find the show notes by visiting my website, jonesonfortaste.com. Happy exploring!